Welcome back to A Handbook for Handbook for Mortals. I am the cold-infested James oh DeBrooker. And I'm Megan Griffin, who is always a little stuffy. Yep, the um, the used Kleenexes you see by me are not because I love the book that much, folks. Oh, God. Oh, really? Yep, I went there. I did not need that image. Ah, boy. Um, so th- we are back to discuss chapter 13 of Lanny Serum's threateningly first volume of <laughs> her magnum opus, Handbook for Mortals. Uh, before I get into the Promethea, Megan has been quite the little oh detective my God. I here. don't know if I want to put everything that I've done on a podcast. All right. So, so, so rough so. pull here. What we do know, um, so earlier this week, someone asked on Twitter when the next book will be coming out. And the response was closer towards the end of the year when the movie came out. Now, if you weren't all up in this drama when uh, it first happened, um, the IMDb page came up at about the same time that the movie uh sorry the book came out actually the imdb cage came out first so and it has been in that pre-production you can't look at it unless you pay the imdb fees um kind of hell since so when she posted you know when the movie came out it's like oh okay cool they must be filming right because surely a movie involving stage magic and real magic which you know there's going to be special effects has already started filming or is at least casted right if they want to get it out by the end of the year then yes you sure, would think absolutely. So. <clears throat> so it is apparently in the script phase um the only two cast members are our esteemed author who is going to be playing zade and thomas ian nichols who I don't know exactly what he did. Like, it's implied that he wrote some of the book, but he's also not given um, a writer's credit. I don't, I don't know. But he's the guy from American Pie, yes. right? See, I always get him confused with Ian Somerhalder, who I, is uh, the he's guy from dreamy. Vampire Diaries, yes. right? He's very Yeah, dreamy. exactly. Yes. Um, um, so he is going to be playing Tad. So... We don't even have the lead dudes cast. Now, <laughs> I, I, my question is, who are Lanny Sarum's parents? Because she is going, she is pursuing her dreams. And you can only do that in 2018 America <laughs> if you are born to wealthy parents. So she is... Th- this has to come from somewhere. Like someone is this. This isn't a, a Quinceanera gift gone horribly, horribly wrong. This is this is this is a sustained effort. And I so... mean, honestly, from what I understand, she is from Dalton, Georgia, which is a small town north of the burbs that I lived in. So she I'm may have, from. in fact, she, she may have, in fact, hustled her way to the top ish. So um, I I don't know, but uh, it seems to be implied that. I don't think she has uh, necessarily like parents in the business. Lots of friends no, I, in the business, but then I, 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 if 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 she in fact hustled her way to the the where she's at, then I, I, you know, game respect game, as they say. Um, uh, yep. 
Now, are we going to do like a live episode when the movie comes out? Where we watch the movie and talk? I mean, I, uh, like a riff track sort of thing? Maybe. I keep oh, dreading to do one of these episodes where I live read the chapter. I think, uh, um, especially now that we have a Facebook group, we should totally do a live episode of one of these chapters. Um, all right. So, and then just but, record it. But not this chapter. It's too no, late. It is. No, and, uh, no. And you're a little ill for uh, too much enjoyment. You know, I much like when I read Twilight in uh, uh, Codeine Haze. Um, oh, I did that too. Actually, it wasn't even Codeine. It was just, I was just really sick. Oh, uh, I was on morphine. Uh, uh, really? I read Twilight after, well, one of the times I read Twilight was after my car accident. And okay. uh, I had the ebook on my phone. So, oh, wow. Um, and uh, was it one of those things where like you'd press the button to turn the page out would also up your IV drip or uh, no, it was just like, I couldn't hold a book, but uh-huh. an iPhone was like the right, like I could swipe it with one thumb kind of thing. Cause I had broken one arm. So it was just kind of one of those, I'm so drugged. This is fine. Yep. Kind of hazes. I, I, you know, write drunk, edit sober, read depending on it i i think that being this woozy has really helped me follow along with the book <laughs> okay good because a lot of shit happens in this chapter this is one of the most like this is some fucking slaughterhouse five unstuck in time shit mm-hmm. which i think i've mentioned i've made that reference before but this is this is like billy pilgrim unstuck in time but we are not here to talk about Kurt Vonnegut. We are barely here to talk about Alan Moore. And yet, here I am, reading Promethea. <laughs> Trump 2, uh, the second card in the, the, the Major Arcana. Oh, okay. Chapter also 13. 13. Ahem. By chance, one fire burst in the night somehow gets everything just right. The nuclear force is weak and strong. What if the balance had been wrong? Electromagnetism, too, or gravity slightly askew, would yield a cosmos that lived on for but a moment, then was gone. No, after that first brilliant spark came countless eons of fetal dark. Card one, the magist slides from view, replaced by the priestess. Card two... Across the abyss, see her sprawl between the many and the all. The stars gestate in her great night, then finally, one by one, ignite. The highest female energy and midwife to all form is she. The universe finds in her ways its secondary inflation phase. Parent of sons and substance, she. Womb of all possibility. She's mother to all matters' schemes, its aspirations, and her dreams. So the high priestess as mother force, um, (laughs) which I'm still not understanding the structure of how she has set up these chapters and how these cards are supposed to represent the actions. Yes. Like she didn't do them in order is what we found out. So theoretically, we found that out chapter two. Yeah. So theoretically, Either she pulled cards out of the deck and labeled the chapters, or there's something else that we're missing. But, uh, yeah, this is the High Priestess. Okay. Nothing to do with mothering. Yep. And... I am. I was. I was deep into chapter fourteen. I was one line into chapter fourteen. So, so <laughs> flipping back to chapter thirteen, we begin as is 
our want with a time jump. Yeah, I was trying to look this up beforehand to see if I could figure out how many times more weeks or how many weeks jumps we've had. So you did like the the young earth creationist thing where you go back and you add up all the ages of people in the Bible and you say the earth's 6,000 years old? Um, sure. Okay. Uh, but like, by this point, this has been used repeatedly. Like, we have no sense of time and we have no sense of really anything involving like what fucking time period this is. But just a reminder, like, four chapters ago, there we we, we saw Carrot Top, who mentioned some kind of opening. Yes. And since then, in a few weeks, and since then it has been multiple more weeks. So I I hope that this is building up to uh, what Jason Siegel always wanted to do with How I Met Your Mother, uh, which the show is 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 narrated it's from the point of view of the the main character explaining how explaining to his kids how he met his mother and how he uh, met or their, their mother, mother. Their, their mother and the finale totally fucking shanks it and it's a cheat and it sucks and the writer should feel bad and jason siegel always wanted it to be post-apocalyptic oh uh, um, yes so so you know bob saget would be and that's how i met your mother kids slow zoom out so you see that they're in a fallout shelter in an irradiated wasteland <laughs> or something like that so so yeah that's what that's what i'm hoping that by the end of the uh by the end of the ch- the book this will be full-on science fiction uh well for now we just know that more weeks flew by and yet again she is feeling normal which i think is the third or fourth chapter where we've had a similar opening i can almost understand that with the under with the idea that only the important stuff gets written down however <laughs> i have also read 13 chapters of this <laughs> so i know that's not the case right I, I see what you're saying like maybe we're doing a bunch of time jumps because normal life is boring yep. so why would we want to you know sit here and see it and yet that's what we see uh, so a few weeks comes by. She and Mac are in the middle of rehearsal. Uh, Sorry. There is okay. This bondage joke comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Almost all of this comes out of nowhere. Uh, so Mac. So she is fussing around with her harness, and Mac says, "You know how hot you looked in this. You look in that harness." Well, Which... she is twisting back and forth, and eventually bent all the way over, like. She is all trying to show off her ass. And she's ensconced in a heart. I mean, like, trust me, I'm not, I am definitely not yucking Max Yum. It's just a very. No, of course not. Weird. Setting aside Zade's heavily implied virginity, Mac clearly fucks. Like, Mac knows what he likes. And that, sure. and I, I respect that. Um, due to the, so, um, he grabs part of, Zade's harness and pulls her closer to him, which okay, so far so good. Right. Um, but like, 
they're now touching each other and instantly felt sweaty as his skin touched mine like continuing the theme of sweat being an inexplicably good thing in this at least no one is oozing that's true i guess that is a better upgrade but like i don't know how i feel knowing that it is so warm in this building due to a pool that she needs for her magic trick that i'm assuming is not used any other time yep that there's so much moisture and humidity in the air they have a lot of really fucking expensive equipment they do they do it's probably well insulated Um, sure maybe but like water damage from humidity is a thing yes and uh you know what never mind especially Uh, if you're that high up and it's still this hot and sweaty like yeah i don't and, and whatever um, so. Every listeners go out and watch Richard Stanley's debut movie Hardware, and then come back to me, and I'll make a really funny joke about humidity and what it's good for. Right. Uh, there is implication that they have not had sex. Yeah, it's 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 pr- it's he has not seen her naked. Yes, which uh, to be fair, you can have sex. I guess without being entirely naked. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you if if you are proper Christians and you have the little um, sheet with the strategically placed hole um, in it, uh, so yeah, there is um, th- blah 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 blah. Mac hooks her up to the like there. I, I get the impression that she watched something or read something else before writing this because it, it, I, it, maybe it's just my own radar pinging, but. There's a lot of focus on the harness, um, <laughs> particularly with uh, with C.S. Lewis showing up. You, you have the uh, you have yeah. Charles showing up as Mac is 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 um, making out hooking her up with the carabiner. Yeah. And... So again, like the whole thing is that they are tr- they are trying to hide their relationship at work. They are trying very hard not to get anybody to know. And yet they are holding up rehearsals. Yep. And are caught making out by their boss. Who is also dating <clears throat> someone in the show, which still, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Still. Yep. Um, um, and yeah, so then she goes into a really long explanation about like why he would possibly be up there because... You know that the first question is, is someone's going to go, well, it's not believable he'd be up there. But really, like, it's not a thought that crossed my mind. It doesn't warrant the entire paragraph or two about what Zeb does. Well, that's the thing. I don't care what Charles is doing there. I assume that he has his reasons. But the fact that Zeb could take over for Charles at a moment's notice is kind of weird. Buried. Like, that's the first time that this has shown up. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, he's been called the head illusion technician or head magi before. Like, it, it's, it is his job. It's okay, just like okay. most people in here, we're told something and then it yep. doesn't actually ever show up or shows up so late that we kind of forget. Yep. And thank uh, God for the search function on my e-reader. I appreciate that. So Zayd gets into the tiny bed. The bed descends to the theater. Yeah, I... what like (laughs) i don't know Um, she's getting into a harness and then getting into a bed so yeah i didn't read the bdsm into this but it's totally there um 
so then we we cut to slasher vision which we haven't seen for a while um and i guess it would be from uh charles's point of view i don't know it seems to jump between the two yeah i guess um it's like slasher vision exists to basically never show from zade's point of view except that it does sometimes right um there is there is one I, i there are two there are at least two, at least two bits in this chapter that make me go, oh yeah, three people definitely edited this. Uh, <laughs> this is one of them. It is in the, uh, Charles made most people nervous, but not Mac, etc., etc. There is a tense shift. Yep. Mac didn't get worked up because someone was famous pow- or powerful. It doesn't hurt that Mac is a perfectionist yeah so and is also a heart so it's it shifts from past to present uh again three editors he is also really good at his job and knows how to fix anything make anything and solve any problem faster and quicker than anyone else uh yeah there is a very long like i guess because we have not seen mac and charles interact because why would we because that means that zade's not on the stage um there's a long exposition of their relationship yep uh so charles leads mac into his office and i was honestly hoping that the bdsm theme would (laughs) would continue here sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander and all well we kind of buried the lead Um, charles goes minds follow me to my office i'd like to speak to you about something in private it won't take take but but a few minutes of your time so Yeah, and then there's, again, a really long description of the lock on Charles' door and where they sit during meetings and uh, something about firing someone and really hoping that he's not going to fire. It's so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. There's the the whole bit about how he used to fire someone and now he blah, 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 blah. So I I will confess to something. Okay. Charles says to Mac... May I be frank with you, Mac? And I read that line, and my immediate response was, Well, I thought you were Charles. <laughs> and I quote, Mac, who loved being the smartass and typically would try to make light of the things if he could, jovially responded with a laugh, Sure, you are the boss. You can be Bob or Bill, too, if you want. So, so well, I want to focus in on this sentence before the really stupid response. Mac, who loved being the smartass and typically would try to make light of things if he could. When have we ever seen that in this book? I don't know. Do you think that that was a a character trait that that was supposed to be pegged to someone else? Well, it's entirely what, um, what's his name? Jackson. And Tad. Yeah, Yeah, like, both of them are more foils for Mac, who is so uptight and a perfectionist and very anal retentive and very intense like yes this joking line is not necessary and like at no other point if anybody else had been in the room it would not have been or it would not have been mac that said it this is something tad would have said in a heartbeat and it is fantastically stupid and it is exactly where my 
brain went to. Sure, it um, is one of the perfect dad jokes. Yes. Um, so Charles, C.S. Lewis himself, uh, starts calling Mac out for having a relationship with Zaid. Because they're still, they're still largely chased. Have they done anything more than petting? I don't even think they, like, I don't think he's made it another shirt. Let's be honest. What base is that? Is that first base or is that second base? I think it's second. Like, from what I understand, scenes first. I don't know. Bases, like, totally depend on who you're talking to. But if we want to set them, kissing's first. Okay. Under the clothes is second. Sure. Let's let's define second base as anything that would possibly get you thrown out of a public establishment. Like, at least that. Um, no, I would think of it more as, like... Or, do you mean third base? Oh, yeah, third base. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. What's... I mean, third base... Eh, we'll figure we'll we'll figure that out. For anybody who has never listened to Best Acquaintances, there's an entire episode with Jasmine Moat where they go over the bases between the three of them and like try to define them, and it's a great like hour hour and a half listen, and I totally recommend it. So for those of you who haven't listened to Third Base, uh, the Cactus album really holds up. Oh Jesus and Christ! Anyways, you should. So, yeah, um, it, Mac... It doesn't bother me that Charles calls a meeting to discuss the relationship. Yeah, totally. It bothers me that he calls it just with Mac. Like, for instance, there's a couple that I work with that is married with a kid that met on the job. When they decided that their relationship was serious, they talked to both of their bosses together. Yep. When yep. they got engaged, they talked to their bosses together to be like, hey, if you're not cool with this, one of us will find a new job. Like, we're, I'm about to rant quite a bit, and I'm sure you are too. And it's not like the fact that dating, the fact that like they should be allowed to date whoever they want. It is the fact that he pulls Mac aside. Right. To have this ridiculous conversation. Well, silly rabbit, you think women have agency. That's Ugh. that's 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 your problem. That's but yeah, true. it's 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 well honestly, I think that he's just having it with Mac because uh Charles and Zade are fucking and It could be it. That that is I mean that is that is the slightly less gross option here. Like either Charles is a scumbag who doesn't feel like Zade has any say in the matter, or he and Zayd are currently fucking. Right. And, and he wants to know how up. serious. Right. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> it's also not the first performer that Mac has dated in this show. That's right. Like, which is not discussed at all here. <clears throat> right. Because at least Mac points out that Charles is dating Sophia. Which um, Mac, or Charles doesn't negate, so I guess they are still dating. Right. Charles asks Mac if he loves Zade, which is super inappropriate. It is so inappropriate, but the way he phrases it. He being, uh. No, sorry. So he says directly, do you love her? Yep. And then Mac goes on this long winded thoughts on love that read. I studied human love. 
I am not an alien. Yep. Um, oh God. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Cause that's not what I asked. I asked if you loved her and then, um, it's, it's, it's like slow turn to camera or, or voiceover or something it's like that. It's the most cliche bullshit about love. He thought about all the reasons that he shouldn't be in love with Zade. Then he thought about what else he knew. He had learned the funny thing of, okay, what does he know? Because last chapter, it's heavily implied he knows nothing about her. Right. Like, they have not talked families at all. So Well, yeah, but maybe that all took place in a few weeks' time jump. That's true, I guess. We'd have had a time jump. Um, He had learned that the funny thing about love is that love doesn't care if you've labeled it or not. And it also doesn't care if there might be someone else vying for the person you love. Jealousy might, but not love. What? Well, that, 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 that approaches healthy. Like that isn't the same room as healthy. It goes, I'm getting close to healthy. Just kidding. I'm going the other direction. Right. And you can love someone who doesn't even know you really exist. That's Um, not love. Right. Much like the whole sweat thing. If if you find yourself in that situation, talk to your doctor. Um, Love really knows no boundaries. And sometimes it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I will agree that love is strange and complicated. Yep. I will quote Guitar Wolf from their filmic opus Wild Zero. Love knows no nationalities, boundaries, or genders. There you go. You can wish it away all you want, but just like Cupid's arrow, once you've been hit, you've been hit. No. Like. No. Yep. Um, and then well, Charles says, well, okay, just don't fuck up the show. Well, no. So again, he asks her, do you, he asks Mac, do you love her? Yep. And his response is, well, it has possibility. Is that not the weirdest fucking way to phrase this response? There are so many times that, and I know we talk about this every chapter, but where conversation happens, there's so much so much exposition in between, and it's yep. like they didn't go, here's the actual conversation. Do you love her? Maybe. That, or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. not what I asked. I asked if you love her. Well, it has possibility. Yeah. What is it? the really i don't know i don't know it's it is all confusion um so they shake hands go to her corners yeah uh, it's weird and it's super weird particularly because charles is like oh by the way don't tell zade and we and, learn a little bit more about charles's background that we just don't care yeah he had uh he was uh toured as a magician with a circus or something since he was a teenager um and all I can think is, like, this was originally a screenplay. Do they shake hands, and is there a flash of him as a teenager with the circus? I don't know. You know what? I My favorite part is it made him wonder whether Charles understood more about interpersonal relationships than he let on. Yeah, there's a weird, like, this section, I actually have it highlighted where it's like, we're being told that Charles doesn't know how to interact with people, 
which is entirely not how Charles has been portrayed. Because he doesn't know it's not it's not any more or less weird than any other human interaction. Yeah. In the book. Uh it's 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 yeah. Ugh. I mean, it is true, like, this whole thing is fucking weird. But, yep. like, to write it off as, like, well, that's just how he is. And it's like, no, you've shown Charles be very normal. Yep. Like, kind of a creep bag. And if we get to the point where, like, we're going to really have to take Charles because he's hitting on multiple of his employees and, oh, HR is now involved, sexual harassment kind of thing. Like, cool, I can see that vibe coming. This is fucking weird and starting to borderline on Stalker, if that's what's yep. going to happen. Yep. Um, then we get another time jump. Uh, well, <laughs> sort of, kind of. Yeah. It was a long time before I knew about the conversation that took place that day. So we have a time jump. So, yeah, like... But then it rewinds. Is it... Is this, like, one of those... Um, made for TV movies where they're on a ranch and this is the voiceover where... Um, you know, like it's told the movie is quote unquote told from a narrator that's like a child all grown up. Saga. Saga is a great example of this. Yes, yes, and exactly. Because all throughout Saga you'll see things and then the narrator pops up. Yep. This what the fuck? Like three editors read this and went, Yeah, cool, okay. Um, so they're out walking, Mac and Zade are out walking the next day. Uh, Zade's carrying around her tarot cards. And yep. we are 248 pages into the book. 58 uh, when, when this scene starts. Yes. And, um, well, okay, one page later. Well, okay, two page 249. Okay. Uh, 248, uh, Zade gets clipped by a cyclist and then goes Carrie and... Well, I want to talk uh, about that. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Make your point. Page 249 is the first time there is any conflict between Zade and Mac that's actually Mac being a prick. Uh, yes, because generally speaking, any conflict before they got together was Mac maybe presenting himself wrong, but he's in the right Yes. So, okay. Zade going carry on the cyclist. Yeah, like... So, he clips her. It, it, right. It's made to seem like it's an, someone who very clearly knows what they're doing on a bike. Cool. I don't know... But does Boston have a lot of bikers? Or cyclists? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So does New York. And, like, shit happens... You know, yep. especially if you're like me, I can march in a damn good straight line. I cannot walk a straight line to save my life. I don't know where the disconnect is, but if I move my feet like I'm marching, I'm fine. Yep. It's You've fine. walked it's... at me. How many times have I walked into you while we're walking? Like, yeah, it's 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 the nature of things. People, you yeah. know, chaos theory, the whole Ian Malcolm thing. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, the bike bicyclist clips her, and yep. we're to assume that he doesn't apologize. Yeah, he's a fucking urban cyclist. Like, Jesus Christ. Odds are he yelled, on your right, you didn't hear him. Whatever. Uh, that You know, that... 
I have had people yell on my right and exactly one time. Oh, I hear it when I've lived in Boston. I hear it frequently, but I almost always have headphones in that I'm so I miss it. And like, unless no I'm on a bike trail, um, yeah. I guess that this is more if I'm on a bike trail than than uh, like actually in the city because I don't walk on the cyclist trails. I ride on them because you're stupid. To anyways, I don't know how Vegas is. And I'm assuming you don't either. Well, you gotta, to you gotta take the really nice bike trail network between all the farmers markets. That there they you have go. That's fucking true. Vegas. So, okay. Okay. To set the stage, Zade gets clipped by the cyclist. She's and not hurt. Drops her purse. Yep. That's all she does. She's not hurt. In response, Zade telekinetically throws the the biker the biker flipped upside down as if he hit a massive pothole that came out of nowhere or at least to anyone else it probably looked like that he landed pretty hard on his back and made a few loud sounds of shrieking pain as the bike crashed into a bench sending a few pieces going in different places i was fairly certain he wasn't permanently injured but he also wasn't going to be riding anymore today that was for sure what the actual fuck Real quick, before we go any further, my second three editors moment in the chapter, uh, top of the page 248, contents of my bagged, B-A-G-G-E-D, <laughs> should have been bagged. Oh, I totally didn't even catch that, but you are correct. Uh, so, um, if this gentleman is a fancy cyclist and has a fancy bike, those things are fucking expensive. Yes. And... Like fairly certain he wasn't permanently injured. So I have a city bike membership. If I lose one of those bikes, it's a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, I remember when they first started Hubway, they call it in Boston. And for the very first few weeks, they put a massive hold on your card. Like, such that I ran the numbers and it actually only made sense if you just swiped your card and then made off with the bike because the hold that they put on your card was basically the cost of the bike that you would get. Uh, So they've, they've since tweaked that a little bit. I would hope so. But yeah, it's, um, my, my boss is, is a cyclist and, and all I can think is either a, Lonnie Serum, who it, uh, apparently rides motorcycles, is either looking down on cyclists, which, as my boss is both a biker and a cyclist, I don't think that's a thing, or she got severely dumped by a cyclist, and this is her revenge. Probably. Because she's not injured. The worst that he did is knocked her purse off. Yep. Like, and then apparently nothing in the bag is damaged, but... To cause him to flip over and land on his back, like even the slightest back pain doesn't go away easily. And so Mac picks up the tarot cards. I'm and... still angry about this. Wait. No, oh, go, oh, yeah, go, no, go on, go no, on, I'm go teasing. on. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just trying to find the, uh, okay, so. I'd, I'd hoped what I'd done to the biker might teach him a karma-related lesson, which shows a fundamental misunderstanding of karma and lessons. Yep. Uh, 
So Mac is holding up the tarot cards. Now we have a not even have... that. Mac Mac's back was to the biker, so he didn't even see what happened. Right, like, that is a focal point as well. So Mac picks up the cards. Now we have a book where every chapter is named after one of the major arcana. Uh, we have someone who is themselves ostensibly a muggle interacting with a tarot deck. L- Lanny Serum takes the time to describe one of the cards that is prominently sticking out. Now, in a chapter called The High Priestess, (laughs) what card would you expect would be prominently mentioned? The High Priestess. You are correct to expect that. However, uh, we have all been zagged on, for it is the devil. (laughs) Card 15, chapter 11. What are these? Mac inquired, as he has been living in a fucking Al Qaeda hideout <laughs> for mean, twenty-five years and never been exposed to the concept of tarot. When I bought my first tarot deck, I I don't remember where I bought it from, but I know it was right before it became like as commercialized as it is nowadays. Like you can I go roll. <laughs> that did like, sound a little bit hipster. My point was that. You can walk into any Barnes and Noble. You can walk into probably any store that sells New York City mugs and buy a damn tarot deck. Like they are not rare. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I apologize for sounding like a fucking hipster though. Yeah, exactly. When I when I bought my first tarot deck in the my point 18th being, century, fuck you. Okay, was right, that um, was not my intent. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, oh, nothing really. Just cards. Then Mac goes, you don't really believe in that stuff, do you? Which means he presumably knows what a tarot deck is. Um, Mac, you're dissembling in at least one of those comments, and that's not fair to Zade. Uh, <laughs> so so Mac, if Mac was going to also be a part of my life, then he was going to have to accept this as well. Sooner or later, we were going to have to have this conversation. I would not have picked that day for it, but I might as well get it out of the way and see how he takes it. Now, in the abstract, monthular time period that has gone on i had this pegged at six months that was what my spider sense was telling me um you would assume that this comes up before now you would have assumed a lot of things but like oh yeah i believe in woo woo bullshit like you have that conversation or or it comes up or you know i don't know if it necessarily comes well okay i don't know like i can kind of lean both ways here but as a couple of people who work on a magic show yeah. yeah, I'd assume it'd come up at some point. I mean, I believe in woo-woo bullshit. And oh, it's, totally. I, it's one of our I, biggest bonding moments. But, yeah. like... So, yeah, it's... it's. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, my mom does readings for a living. I kind of grew up around it. My family are gypsies. No, they aren't. But, Lenny like, Sarah. by this point, I'm trying to figure out, are you trying to actually make her to be... Roma. Romani, yeah. Yeah. Is it... It is Roma or Romani, I believe, are both acceptable. Gypsy, notably, is not. No, it's not. And, and like, the assumption here is that Zade dyes her hair multiple colors, but the base is blonde. Like, there was never a comment of, like, I bleached my hair blonde. Yes, yes. And from, granted, my unfortunate limited knowledge... Blonde the, hair is not a trait commonly associated with Roman Roma in Roma popular culture. People. There we go. And right. um, and so 
I, I don't know. I don't know if this is supposed to be Gypsy, as we discussed at last chapter, to which is bullshit, or if it's literally supposed to be I am from this marginalized people. That, from what I understand, tarot cards are actually an important part of their culture. I might be very wrong about that, and if I am, I'm sorry I didn't do research into this. Um, yeah. But that may be just coming from watching charmed too many times <laughs> and i would say i would actually trust charmed <laughs> over this book in in most most circumstances um it's the same thing in in supernatural we have another there was another episode where a roma aunt dies i believe and like yep. the niece comes up and they're both also tarot card readers like fortune telling this kind of part of it so yeah which way do we want to go with this? Do we want to believe that she's actually Roma? Or do we want to believe that she, the author, is being racist here? Well, okay, let's let's gloss over the author's racism and la- launch straight into Mac's brutal anti-Semitism. Yeah. Mac asks, I thought you were Jewish. Which She starts talking, okay, which Esther, you know, she, that, sure, that, that's come yes, up. Sure, yes, I guess that's supposed to be our signal that we should have known she was jewish but it's never outside of knowing the fact that lonnie serum is actually jewish it's it's never acknowledged before this point i so so zaid starts talking about the fact that she is jewish to which mac responds that stuff is hogwash now you know and i know that he's talking about the tarot cards however in conversation, if someone is talking about their Jewish heritage and I say that stuff is hogwash, like you're too smart to believe in stuff like that. You shouldn't believe something just because your parents do or your family does. And it's it's like I would not have put the oh yes, I'm Jewish right before that paragraph. Right. Um And I would have you know, the whole thing about Zaid is that she is trying to escape from being an outcast. And the outcast comes from the fact that her mother reads fortune telling. Small town Tennessee is going to be largely Baptist. Yep. Which play up the fact that she's Jewish before this point as part of the fact that, like, you, you can almost lean into the stereotype of a Jewish mother not wanting her daughter to run away. Or, you know, the fact that, like, this also makes you an outsider, understandably, yeah. because small town USA in the South, no doubt, is Baptist. Yep. And um, I, I knew some people thought reading tarot cards was pure evil and that anyone would have to, anything to do with them came straight from the devil. That part is true, particularly in small towns. Yep. Um, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite bits in the podcast I was listening to mega 10 marathon, where they're all playing through the Shin Megami Tensei games is at some, like, it turns out that some of the hosts grew up in really, really, really small Texas towns. And so at one point, one guy's talking about, yeah, you know, my Sunday school taught me that Catholicism was literal devil worship. Catholicism? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Wow. Man, man, anti, anti, anti papist sentiment is wow. like crazy. Big. I mean, right. like I grew up in small town where 
because my parents were divorced, I was already guaranteed to go to hell. There you go. That's what I learned in church, and this is why I don't go to church. Um, um I don't believe I don't go to church because uh, the concept of Judeo Christian is alive. I mean, like that was me being very, very general and trying to make a joke. But yes, we can go into a religious talk if we want right now. Yes, exactly. No <laughs> gods, no masters. Uh, I I don't just believe in it because of my mom and family. I believe in it because well, I believe it. Horses for courses, you know. Zade is doing what thou wilt and harming none, except for the cyclist a few pages earlier. Um, <laughs> and the woman or the girl at and, the and, lemonade yeah, stand. And, yeah, the the pretzel god. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah. Ugh. There's nothing wrong with wanting to believe in a little bit more than what you can actually see. And oh yes, she actually has magic. So like her believing in tarot makes sense mac is a straight up dick mac is totally an internet atheist and like the one thing more annoying than people who aggressively believe in god are people who aggressively don't believe in god atheist vegans the worst just kidding if you're atheist and yeah a plague on both your houses you know I base what I know off logic. What's logical about telling someone's future based off a fancy deck of playing cards? All that voodoo stuff is bullshit. One, Mac, that's racist. Two, it's also not voodoo. Um, that, but, uh. So, so, yeah. so Mac is being a colossal asshole here. Like, he's just, and- he's just... And, 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 and then he, and this is, this is, this is literal emotional abuse. And instead he's, of, like... You know what? I don't know. Like, I don't have a minority to cling to. No, here, I'll go with this one. I had a professor that told me that my generation over-medicates. And I went off so hard because as someone who is on a ton of medication that, like, at the time, especially was trying to wean off medication. And every time I tried to come off that medication, I ended up in the ER. It was a lot of fun, guys. I went off on it. And that is as close to like a minority kind of thing, I guess, that I can cling to because I am a white, was raised in the South woman. I don't, you know, I I identify as straight. Like, I don't have anything that I can cling to, but I can tell you that I have plenty of friends that if you were like, Essentially, if you want to take her as being Roma, then that is two minorities. And he is being a racist asshole. And her response is like, oh, well, that's just another normal person. But whatever. I like to kiss him. So I am so infuriated. (laughs) Well, and then it gets to like the straight up emotional abuse part at the end where he says, chin up princess or the crown slips. Ugh. Ugh. Well, it's it. He says, "Is it okay that I feel this way, or did I just insult your way of life and your mother?" Yes, you did. You just right. insulted everything she believes in, everything her mother believes in, everything her mother stands for, and both of her religions or backgrounds or whatever. And her response is, "No, you didn't insult anything. I'm used to this reaction. The better way, yes, you did. It is a common reaction." But you did. Right. Um, 
so yeah, we'll 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 draw the curtains on this scene because the book draws the curtain on this scene. Um, um Nope, I just don't want to go into it. Oh god. Apologize. Go Learn to apologize. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a jerk. I guess I just feel very strongly about these kinds of this kinds this kind of stuff. You know, you know I, didn't I didn't mean, mean to, to hurt your feelings. I just don't I just believe, don't in, that believe in that stuff. Cool. Don't be a dick. Right. You know what? I don't believe in organized religion. I, one of my best friends does. And my uncle is a priest. And you know what? I don't give a shit. Like, it, it, I'm not going to sit around telling him why he's wrong or like, tell, you know, insulting him. You, people... One of the most fundamental thing about humans is we have beliefs and don't shit on someone. I'm so angry. I need to calm down. Yeah. I, my, my relationship with God is adversarial at best. And so I navigate that by not hanging out with people who are strongly religious or keeping my fucking mouth shut when I do. Um, that sums it up better than I could without yelling. And then yes, chin up princess or the crown slips. Fuck you. She should um, have just walked away from Mac. Well, she does, because several days later, she takes Jackson up on another offer he made to take me to the movies. It had been a few weeks since the last film we had made it out to see. That last time he let me to pick films, I blah, 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 he chose the latest action superhero flick starring Ryan Reynolds. Now, this is vexing because we know that it could only be of one of two points okay. in history. Um, <laughs> well, no, three, because... He was Deadpool in a Wolverine solo movie. Which he was green. Uh, he he wouldn't. Have, with, was he starring in that or was it a guest appearance? Well, Deadpool in the, I think it was just Wolverine. It was the a movie Wolverine was movie. Called, yeah. I think it was just called Wolverine. Uh, Deadpool is essentially the mark with a mouth and is very sarcastic and funny and Ryan Reynoldsy, And then he turns into this, he turns into the primary villain who isn't Sabretooth and he has no mouth. And he, um, the final fight is cool because Scott Adkins, uh, martial arts (laughs) should have fucking known, you know, star of screen and screen and also EastEnders, uh, plays the evil mutant version of Deadpool. But when it's, you know, just a guy, it's Ryan Reynolds. Right. He was also, of course, Hal Jordan, the worst fucking Green Lantern. <laughs> and then he was Deadpool again. So you've got one of three points in time where... To be fair, be... he was Green Lantern before he was Deadpool. He was Green Lantern before he was Deadpool the second time. He was Deadpool no. before... Went all right. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm... Nope. I got my phone out. I'm doing it. Okay. We're doing this. All right. Hold on. I think there's a photo of the cat of a cat that I need to see. X Men Origins Wolverine came out in 2009. Green came out in Lantern. 2011. I apologize. <laughs> That's right. I saw. I can't. I did not mich- realize that Wolverine came out that late. Holy shit. For that long ago yeah yeah um so it's 2009 2011 or what 2016 is deadpool 2016 or we've jumped to the future and it's 2018 because that's when X-Force. the next one came oh yeah comes, deadpool out. comes out yes um, um also right yep he's apparently playing detective pikachu holy shit yes 
Yes. And going um, to be in the new Clue movie. But whatever. Is De- Wait, now, is Detective Pikachu going to be in the new Clue no, movie? No, no, no. Because... Ryan Reynolds oh. is. Oh, okay, okay. Um, all right, so... So what are we going to assume? Which one are we... Is it 2009? What year did Carrot Top get announced as the best comic in the world? Um, not 2016. Was it 2009? 2011? It wasn't of the available of the dates, I think the only one we can say is 2018. Ah, uh, you're correct. So this book takes entirely in the future. Can it is a Caratop, science fiction novel. It is January 25th. Congratulations at some point. I guess you're going to win. Mm. Comic of the Decade. Does he still perform? I don't know. Anyways. Maybe he, he's due for a, a renaissance. There you go. His Netflix uh, thing's coming out this year. Yeah. Actually, he's probably hiding considering the, the whole uh, sex, sexual harassment stuff going on. Man, I am still batting a thousand on that. And I, I really hope to continue that streak. So famous people out there listening to this podcast, if I liked your stuff at all, please don't have been a creep or an asshole in the past. Um, I dodged a bullet with Marky e. Smith, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> um, so they saw the movie and there is a comment of like, thanks for not making me see a chick flick. Like, not that there's anything wrong with them. I'm not gay or nothing, but yeah. It's, so uh, I grew up in a household. I did not realize this is a thing because I grew up in a household where my stepdad loved chick flicks. As much as I did, if not more, his, like, if not his top movie, it's number two, is Sweet Home Alabama. Like, my stepdad would have seen every chick flick he could with me if I had let him. And, like, if I see them, I still occasionally talk to him to be like, hey, I think you might like this one. So I grew up in this household. Yep. And so this whole, you're not like every other girl, without actually saying you're not like every other girl is wicked bullshit. Yep. Well, so then they go, yeah. Oh God. We're almost done. We're almost done. We're with almost the show. done. We got this. Okay. Uh, so they look for a bike, but then, uh, she sees a, uh, tarot reading shop and she's like, let's do something crazy. Is it? Oh, no, 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 no. It's Jackson him. says, yeah. Jackson says, Hey, let's do something crazy. Like get our cards read. And, um, well, he says skinny dip. And then, yeah, let's get our cars read because those are on the same level. Yep. Um, you don't think that's stupid, I asked, binding my lip? Hell no, it sounds fun. You don't believe in it, huh? And then she confesses, my mom reads cards for a living. I'm just used to everyone saying that it's stupid, which again is true. And like, there is a whole interesting story to tell about Zaid actually being ostracized for this. Uh, I I looked away thinking about how seldom my beliefs and lifestyle had been met with real acceptance, which is something said like a true, conventionally attractive white woman. Um, <laughs> and how much it continued to hurt for people to be cruel just because they didn't understand. You Leave Becky, Brittany alone. All right. It hurt how little anyone tried to understand or learn more about it before passing judgment, which again, sure, fine. I, I, I am not Lanny Serum. I promise you, I am not judging you in the slightest for your belief in the tarot. 
I am glad that you... <laughs> not for that. Not. I'm glad that you have something that brings you peace. So, Jackson is... Oh. My question for you is... Uh-huh. Does Jackson actually believe in this? Or did Jackson hear about what Mac did? And this is Jackson trying to one-up him. Oh, that's cunning. I actually like that. I like that idea that Jackson heard about this. The amount, the amount that this book shows Zayd going with Mac, despite being a colossal, racist, prejudiced asshole... Yep. who is emotionally abusive and a fuckhead over someone who like Jackson, who for all we know about Jackson, he's very light, very chill, mm-hmm. very upbeat, very positive and likes magic. So like either we're really playing up the opposites attract and like, you know, the whole twilight, you should date your stalkers, which works in twilight because she is 17 we all have to go through a phase where we date someone who is ridiculously bad for us. Not at 25. By 25, you should be starting to realize the warning signs. So I like to believe that Jackson totally heard about what Mac did and is using this. Uh, Jackson points out politely that he's not everyone, which is true. Uh, Zaid responds, you're so different from anyone I ever met, which is also true. Uh... I'll take that as a compliment, he replied, cupping my face in both hands, and I'll take this too. With that, he kissed me passionately while bending me back like they do in the movies until my knee popped, which anyone who's ever seen any romantic movie would know is a very good thing. So. So the the love three. scene in a history of violence when Aragorn is fucking what's her name on the stairs like I remember thinking the hottest thing about that scene was the 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 really loud uh, crack from the knee exactly yeah. yeah um three editors read this none of them circled and went you mean foot yeah I I don't like I don't as someone whose knees frequently pop. It is never, ever, ever from romance. Do it they is... also lock, though? Do they pop and lock? They do, in fact. Oh. Actually, that would be more my shoulder than anything. Um, but my knees are particularly loud and noisy and cracky because I played tennis for so many years. Um, it is not romantic. You know you're supposed to hold the, the racket with your arm, right? Not your um, You're also supposed to squat down so you can get into the shot. Put your whole oh. body behind it. Get a bit more power because I'm just a weak girl. Um, oh dear <laughs> no like knee replacements is like one of the number one tennis injuries um huh. yeah like i did lots of squats and shit during my my tennis days um oh. so he, i really hope someone is listening to this podcast and is going to see her talk this weekend and can go three editors and not a single person went, you mean foot and not knee. Three editors. I don't know. They're, where is she speaking this weekend? This is the weekend where she is giving, she's going to some writer's conference to talk about um, how she navigated the New York Times bestseller. We talked about this like 
when it first got announced. Oh, man, that's this weekend. That awesome. is this weekend. It is in Richmond, Virginia. Apparently, there are 11 spots still available, according to Twitter. The Twitterverse has figured out that this is happening, and it has blown up. So I am really hoping that someone went, I'm rich. I got 85 bucks. I can go and listen to her talk and report back. Yes, please do. And pick me up some cheer wine while you're at it. Oh. Uh, um, so, yeah, that's it for this chapter. We have survived. We have we survived. Are... We have actually uh, had some action. Yes, uh, there has been a whopping seven pages where characters were set up in contrast to each other. Some conflict. Uh, yes. Some bad uh, resolution. So yes. knowing that the next chapter is Wheel of Fortune and how much the, the chapter titles play into what happens in the chapter, what do you think happens next? I think what happens next is the time jumps... Uh, accelerate more and more and more and uh so next chapter she winds up uh she winds up like in the far-flung future not in the dystopian future of 2018 uh but like i I, i'm thinking that she it turns into a time machine pastiche where you know she's hanging around with the alloy and the morlocks and all that fun stuff so that's that's my pick for next chapter i like that i think that either that or she buys a vowel um so yeah that's my guess for next chapter i'm looking at next chapter like you might be right <laughs> some shit yeah because it starts with another time jump right like it's, I, it's... I don't know i mean every chapter seems to be like after a certain period of time a few weeks later yeah, yeah. um so that's it for this week next week we'll talk about more stuff oh jesus christ oh my Ugh. god the next chapter is long Oh, and we are starting to get to the climax of the book. Oh, God. Okay, all right. Listeners at home, um, chapter 14 is... Oh, you gotta be fucking me. Jesus Christ. It's 20... Told you it's a wait, long one. Eight, wait, tw- 2007... What? It's like 17 pages long. It is 17 pages long, which doesn't sound long, but... When you are reading good books and you have to pick this up to read it chapter by chapter. I know, I know. (laughs) And it's like, I I, seriously, I read a page, I take a break to rest my eyes, I read politics blogs, I pet my cat. (laughs) So what you're telling me is that it takes you the entire week to read one chapter? I, 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 no, I ripped the band-aid off and I power through, but man, it is, it is rough going. It really Um, is, and... I've read this and still. So, James, pick me up. I know you're sick, but tell me something good that's happened this week. Something that you want to. Oh, um, Monster Hunter. Uh, Monster Hunter World comes out uh, in. Uh, I actually can pick that up from my local GameStop in a little over an hour, which I am not going to do because I am, in fact, sick. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, the thing that I was going to recommend is Wild Zero, the uh, movie starring Guitar Wolf, uh, which is a guy and also a band with his compatriots Bass Wolf and Drum Wolf. Okay. It is the story of Ace, a unlucky in love Japanese rockabilly kid who rescues guitar wolf from their really creepy manager and finds love at a gas station that is attacked by zombies and space aliens and 
it gets really 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 weird but it is one of the most positive movies uh out there in terms of love me love knows no nationalities boundaries or genders um also there is a scene where guitar wolf cuts into ufo in half with a katana um so that's pretty fucking dope it has a drinking game as one of the special features i would recommend not doing the drinking game uh because the first five minutes are really fucking brutal um so yeah good uh wild zero by guitar wolf that is my recommendation so you recommend not drinking so thus you can appreciate well yeah yeah absolutely like yeah watch it i mean definitely just watch it sober first if you want to play the drinking game play the drinking game that's fine but it is it is it is it goes out it comes out the gate running i'm totally looking up jack and japanese rockabilly right now and it's kind of cool uh, yeah there's a lot of, it's it's surprisingly deep so what about you what, oh, what do you recommend um you know i have thought about this the entire way home and i i don't know um what have i done this week you did you pick up watchmen uh, you know what? I didn't because it turns out I own Watchmen. I forgot I bought Watchmen on Comixology. <laughs> um, that is what I'll... Adrian, I did... Uh, <laughs> That's no, actually what I'll recommend. If you are yeah. someone who is a little new to comics um, or maybe doesn't have a local comic book store or is a little anxious or like me and like the first comic book store you walk into, they give you a look like, why the hell are you here? Um, I actually have found a local comic shop I love, but Comixology Unlimited is a really, really amazing way to go through kind of comic books that you should have probably read, um, but haven't. Uh, for instance, Lock and Key is on Comixology Unlimited, um, all of Scott Pilgrim, um, Archie, She-Wolf, what all do I have here? Um... There's a good bit of Walking Dead, Bitch Planet, Lumberjanes. Um, Bitch Planet fucking rules. Um, they even have some of the new Doctor Who, or Doctor Who, Doctor Star Wars. Some of the new Star Wars comics. Um, I'm also watching Doctor Who, that would be that. Um, and it is, I think, like five or six bucks a month. And cool. so many comics. Uh, and it's got a really great function so that you... You know, you have a comic book page. You can set it so that it looks... You're only looking at a panel at a time. Oh, nice. Um, which I really personally love. Uh, so I highly recommend at least checking out their Unlimited. Um, and then, like, me being like, holy shit, how many books have I thrown in on my Unlimited? Because when I think I'm low on books, I'm never low on books. I either pull up my library or Comixology and check out more books on one Speaking of the two. Speaking of books... Where else can they find you? Oh, I have two other podcasts. Uh, the first one is Judging Book Covers, where we actually just did a graphic novel called Local. Um, so you can go check out that episode. Uh, Ryan Lynch and Tracy uh, Tanoff joined me for that. And my other podcast is Fabulous Retellings. Uh, we are currently in the middle of 12 Dancing Princesses. Um, and we read the book Speakeasy. That's what we talked about this week, which is a novella based in 1920s New York um, that has very strong vibes. Of I think I spend the whole time talking about like how this reminded me of the demon from once. 
more with feeling and Mary doesn't watch Buffy. So it had no impact. Um, (laughs) So uh, we also just figured out we're doing Bluebeard next season. So that'll be fun. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, The Catherine Brayot film of Bluebeard is so good. Um, So, 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 so good. We haven't put together what we're going to go over, but I might hit you up for that. I might hit you up for another thing too, because Finn gave me an RPG that is Bluebeard's Bride. Where Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard about that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe if we could possibly somehow get a game of that, that would be awesome. I don't know what we're going to do. Um, so that's where you can find me, usually reading something else. Where can they find you? Um, they can find me soaking and trying to get rid of this fucking cold. Uh, but in a more um abstract sense, they can find me at Over the Tabletop, a two player board game podcast. Uh where we talked about two player board games and cats and um, uh, Weimar Republic politics. The last episode got a little bit weird. Um, the uh, podcast can be found at over the tabletop. Libsyn.com, I believe um, at over the tabletop on social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Bumbler, etc. Uh, over the tabletop podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, I was just busy confirming that the Bluebeard movie that I was thinking of was, in fact, directed by Catherine Brayot. And it was, and it's really good. Um, so, yes, Bluebeard is good. Over the tabletop is good. Um, um, this book, Handbook for Mortals, is not good. Uh, but you uh, can find us on Apple Music. I think that's what it's called. Apple Podcast. Sure, I don't not? know. It's no longer iTunes so whatever it is you can find us there go rate and review us if you hadn't we'd appreciate it mm-hmm. um, we're also on Stitcher I think when I heart radio I kind of need to see where everything is but you can find us usually wherever um, we're on Facebook and Twitter at handbook podcast uh, handbook podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us comments or if you're Lonnie Sarum and want to send us um, legal action from your <clears throat> lawyer um <laughs> we'll save that we'll save that for next episode save that for next episode. um we also have a facebook group which is a handbook for judging fabulous retellings covers uh you can come and talk books movies whatever with us um podcast episodes are listed there between my three podcasts um we if we end up doing like some kind of live reading it'll probably be done there um i occasionally post like the comments of the chapter that drive me the most nuts so yeah come talk it's a closed group so whatever you say won't show up on your newsfeed for everybody that's not a member so all right there we go uh until next time i remain for my sins james fucker and i'm as always megan Bye.